0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Tony with Mindset 180 out of New Jersey tony happy wednesday how are you feeling happy
2: wednesday thank you for having me
1: (laughs) yeah yeah we're excited to have you on we appreciate you being here and you know um we're definitely ready to dive into what you have going on here with mindset 180 but first let's take a step back let's give the viewers a little perspective here because i know me and you spoke off air but let's tell them so in your own words tony how would you describe mindset 180 and what you guys do
2: so Mindset 180, we came, we we brought it to life back in October 10th, 2020, right after COVID, right when the gym doors were able to open up. Um, we honestly, we were just, we're a full, I call this like a, I call it a mini gym within a gym. So we offer a lot of different style of services to fit everyone's skill levels, everyone's goals, what they're, what they're trying to bring to the table what they're trying to accomplish mindset 180 pr- pretty much we, we came up with that name let's start with the name mindset 180 it, it's just our perception on how we perceive how we perceive ourselves so what we're trying to do with bringing in these people giving them the quality not only you know physically strengthening them but also mentally emotionally getting to getting them to feel good about themselves getting them to reach a success level, not a failure level. So when, when we don't feel good about ourselves, and this started with me and how I started my fitness, but when I, I was this, I was the least confident person in the whole wide world, I was scared to take that jump. I was scared to take that first step into the gym. I was 202 pounds. I didn't know anything. I, 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 you know, I'm I know not even proud to admit it, but I barely ever even worked out. Um, so I went into that gym and it just started from me. It's the, the evolution started there. Um, just having the right mindset will open the doors for you physically, mentally, emotionally, you know having the right support group will will allow you to b- take baby steps into all this, which will then lead to the successes of what you want your goal to be, whether it's climbing a mountain or whether it's you know learning how to do an activity you've never done before, opening up, you know, op- opening up a business of your own. Once you have that self confidence, that that will provide so much, so many more opportunities for you. Yeah. That, that's my belief. Um, yeah. uh, truthfully, I, um, we, I, I named in mind 180. I can give you the physical fitness aspect of it. But from that physical fitness as- aspect of it, you know, we have seven trainers. Currently, myself eight, we have eight trainers on hand and we, we take you in where your support, the members in there will support you from beginner if you're a beginner, um, we, you know, we'll allow you to grow with us. We, we, not, we give you the knowledge, we give you the tools. We, we start the baby steps with that. Um, you're in our physical fitness program that hopefully will transition you into other programs other, other things you never thought you would do other, other, you know, it'll find, it'll find talent. You thought you never had, which will then give you that mindset of what that's where your self confidence starts growing and growing and growing. Um, we are, so we are a full pledge facility. We we offer a little bit of everything. We're only 3000 square feet where, um, so we're not huge. We're not a big facility. Um, we are located, Directly right on a highway, and we have ninety thousand cars driving past us every day. Wow! You know, from from you know, from midnight to midnight. But um, we have ninety thousand cars. So right there, that's a huge advantage for us. We have we we have prime location. Location is every location is everything. You know, business wise, location is everything. Um, so with that said, we have a full. We pretty much have a full set gym. I offer boot camp style classes. Which are our bread and butter? We offer um, a variation of boot camp. So we have boot camp, strength and conditioning. We have TRX um, boot camp. We have boxing boot camp. We have spin boot camp. So a spin and a boot camp combined together. Um, we have spin classes. I have build and burn classes, aka I'm gonna. I hate saying it this way because it scares a lot of the women. Bodybuilding. We, we offer bodybuilding style classes you know mm-hmm. weightlifting resistance training isolations and so on um, we also have yoga to calm everything down to rehabilitate ourselves and I have a physical therapist on hand so mm-hmm. he he does he, you know we, we, we try to offer a little bit of um, like the um, the rehabilitation to them you know we, we yeah. pretty much we hold seminars we'll hold seminars so we, we have a full, I guess arena of things that you would find in these bigger gyms. And I brought it all into a 3000 square foot facility and it works right now. It works. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I appreciate the the in-depth description there and let's kind of dive right into the the questions here, Tony, we'll start with the bare bones basics here. Um, You know, how many members are you serving currently?
2: So we currently have about 140 members. Um, okay. We started with, I want to say about 30, I think it was like 33 was the number. Yeah. We opened up our doors right after COVID with 33. Um, and we've we've grown in the past year and a half. It, this October will be two years. So within nice. two year window, we've grown. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And congratulations on hitting the two year mark here. and Thank being you. Open still. Thank
2: you. Almost. We're almost there. <laughs>
1: yeah. And so, um, you know, uh, kind of curious, right? Because I, I think you offer a lot and you guys are unique. So how do you how do you guys or what's been the best method for finding new people to then come through your doors or then be interested as well?
2: You know, truthfully, um, so something you probably don't know about me. I'm 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 like a crazy social media person. Like I I post a lot of what's going on in the club, right. whether that's them working out hard or whether that's us joking around and clowning around. Mm-hmm. I post it and I've had quite I've had a nice amount of people DM me or, to, you know, call me and say, you know, I see what's going on in your club. I, I love the atmosphere. Can I come in and trial a class? So I, I if you follow my Instagram, you'll see I'm consistently posting and I do yeah. that because I want people to get that feel of what goes on. We work hard and fitness, obviously, yes, you, you need to reach your skill levels. You need to increase, but I want people to see what's going on personally with us. You know, we, we are a community, we're a family. We take you, we support you, we guide you, we structure you. Um, with that said, I've had a nice amount there, but I've also, a lot of it is through word of mouth. So if you're providing the yeah. quality, people are going to get your name out there. I've never paid for social media. I've, I, I've never paid for marketing. I've mm-hmm. never, you know, so if, if you're quality, people will refer you. I've had trainers outside my club refer their clients to me. Because they wow. just can't take. Yeah. So, you know, trainer go to Tony, she'll take care of you or yeah. I've had, you know, physical, my physical therapy um, um, person direct his people over to me. So I think once they instill that trusting you, once your current members instill that trusting you, they're Thomas. going to get there, they're, they're, they're going to be the best bet for you. Yeah. you know, in general for us. Um, also, don't forget, I have 94, 90,000 cars driving past me every day. Exactly. Yeah, so a lot of people have drove. hey, I drive home from work every day. And you know, I, I excited to come in and see what you're about. We have a big billboard nice. sign out there that says mindset 180 all lit up at night. Oh, wow. So nice. yeah, okay. Yeah. So it helps.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you giving that perspective as well, right? Because you can't just totally eliminate that, right? It's not like it's it's not at all. I think a no, lot of gym all. owners, you know, like, oh wow, it's that easy, but it's like, hey, like you know, location is a big factor as well. Absolutely. You know? So Absolutely. Um, I appreciate the perspective. And so now let's say this, Tony. I mean, I know you said, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are at like that 140 mark, right? Yeah, about 100. Yes. So let's say this. Let's say leads, traffic, clients, all these things were unlimited. Okay. Now, hypothetically right. speaking, of course, I mean. How much higher than 140 could you guys go?
2: So right now, honestly, we run about anywhere from five to seven classes a day per day, minus one Saturday and Sunday. We have four, two on one day, two on another. Um, so with that said, obviously not everybody comes by seven days a week. The, I would say the average person probably comes in about four days a week. Um, so with that said, right now, we're sustaining of, uh, trust me, I've gotten, when are you expanding? When are we getting a bigger space? We were, you know, they they, they, they want it, they're looking for it. Yeah. And I just, me, for me, personally, baby steps. I'm like, just because you're doing well in two years in a business doesn't mean let me go open up a 20,000 square foot facility. True. My next, my next movement will probably be a six, 7,000 square foot or 10,000, obviously, depending yeah. on the real estate, but of yeah, course. so um, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so, I, you know, we, every, everything runs accordingly and on time to my schedule. Uh, we have back-to-back classes with a 15 minute gap to get people, you know, in and out, um, the parking, we have to remember, we have to consider the parking too. So everything works really perfectly right now, knock on wood, everything works well. Um, yeah, I could see probably in about a year and a half from now where we might need to expand a little bit. And yeah. that's okay. But right now it works according to our schedule. Um, gotcha. Not every, not all 140 come in every single day.
1: Yeah, of course. That'd be very unrealistic. I think yeah, you'd have to be- uh, uh,
2: Let's just say, hopefully it'll reach that yeah, point, right? Of course.
1: I mean, it's not. it wouldn't be a bad problem, right? I mean, it's not that's, a
2: bad problem to have. Exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but it's, um, it's, it's not realistic. I think we all can agree to that. So, but uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's, that's so funny. Cause you know, we have a lot, sense. like
2: one formally is an accumulation. It's, it's, it's my personal training clients that come in at the 10 30, 11, where there are no classes. It's my open gym people that come in at five or six or seven in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, it's also, I also offer, um, it's like, um, a punch card program where you can buy a 10 pack, And that 10 pack might last you two months, depending how many times you use that a week. Um, And that pack expires, you know, the pack will shut down when you're down to your last session. So a lot of people who go to these bigger boxes that do more of, um, you know, strength training or they're in there doing their own isolation type workout or whatever it is, they'll come in. They want that one a week boot camp. Yeah. I just want that one-a-week boot camp to get my conditioning and my stamina going. So that's when they'll use that. So not everybody comes in every day.
1: Exactly. And so I'm going to ask a little bit of a longer-winded question here, Tony, but sure. a good question in itself. So um, you know, it, we've been discussing this entire podcast and and what we use most prominently in, in the fitness and gym world are three pillars of business. Okay. And that's going to be one, your lead generation, which is getting people through the door, right? Your marketing. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Mm-hmm whether it's social media, word of mouth, whatever it is, right? Then you have your acquisition, which is your sales, right? Mm-hmm. Being able to get somebody from interested to a paying client, right? And then number three, which is your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. Mm-hmm. So of those three, Tony, where do you feel like you could improve the most?
2: Um, I would say, so I would probably say, honestly, I'd probably say, uh, when they're coming through the door, maybe selling it better, <laughs> like a, I, I, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess there. It's a tough I mean, question. Yeah, it yeah. is a tough question.
1: <laughs> well, I understand. Um, I would,
2: I would say, I would say that, but I mean, you know, we're just fortunate enough to kind of like keep the members we have, yeah, yeah. and the people who come in see the facility. You know, um, I, I would say a high part of a high portion of them. You know, I wow, ton I like your vibe. I like I like what you have to offer. So yeah. it's, we don't yeah we don't really have many walks away. We do pe- we have people who move away and that leave. I have Which like is like two yeah. my girls who live in Hawaii. That still when they come home, they come to my yeah, yeah. you know like we, we have people who move away. A lot of move uh, quite a few moved away due to the like the uh, real estate today and they sold their oh, houses yeah. moving. Yeah. A lot of people moving to Florida and. What's but yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> you're in Orlando. So, so um, I understand. But yeah.
2: I would say that part of it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And even that, because I know, obviously, if you are getting a lot of word of mouth, it's kind of tough to say, like, we're not really selling either. Right. Because it's like they, they kind of trust you already. They know the way you're coming from. They right. know you train their friends. So I appreciate you even looking for a place to improve again. It's not, there's no wrong answer. So even if it's like, hey, like, I kind of am good in all, it's okay if you don't have no, to. no, no, no. But, and, and, yeah. and,
2: I, and there's always improvement in anything, including of my course. marketing. You know, whether it's marketing acquisitions, there's improvement, but, um, I would say there's nothing right now that I'm like, Oh my God, I'm really down in. And I really need to get better in that aspect of the business. And I appreciate Um, the honesty. As as I continue to run this business, I grow and I learn more and I learn the do's and don'ts of how to run a business. Okay. You know what? That didn't work for me last year let's not do that or you know what let's do that and do it in a different manner so I'm learning too this is my first business um so I'm I'm learning quite a bunch and I'm you know it's hey it is what it is and you know we're yeah knock on wood we keep moving ahead (laughs) you will
1: you will you will excuse me I got two more questions for you here my two favorite questions you know what's the bigger? I mean, I know you've alluded to it already, so it's kind of be a, a redundant answer. Here, so you don't have to. You don't have I to talk quick. I get everything
2: thing. in one shot without you. <laughs>
1: uh, no, it's all right. It's all right. You don't have to. You don't have to repeat yourself if you don't want to. But just uh, uh, if you can put it into like like a thirty second uh, understanding for everybody are. here, what's the bigger picture for you? You know, long term.
2: Expansion, definitely expansion. And again, everything with me is baby steps. I, I don't jump into anything without, you know, crossing my T's dotting my eyes. Yeah. Um, so expansion, definitely. And again, maybe bring that into a slightly bigger place of yeah. six, seven, 8,000 square feet, where I can run multiple, like multiple classes. Yeah, versus yeah
1: totally. One totally. class
2: at a time. Absolutely.
1: I, I love that. I love that. And I have one more question for you. My favorite question and sure. I'm curious to see your answer here, right? Because I mean, I know you didn't start oh, no. too long ago, but it's a good question in itself. So, you know, if you can go back in time here, Tony, to when you mm-hmm. first started your gym, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started. What would that advice be for you?
2: So if I had to if I had to give somebody a piece of advice on how to start well, Yeah, advice, I, I like to I like to put yeah. it in
1: the sense where, like if it was like yourself and you went back in time, right? And you could speak to yourself with your knowledge now. What advice would you give you? So it's in particular for yourself, you know,
2: try, just try, try it. Just try something new because you'll never, you, you never know where that's going to take you. You never know where that's going to take you give yourself, trust yourself enough. Give yourself the belief that you can do it. And that's where the self-confidence is all going to come into play. And that's what Mindset 180 is about. That's why I have Mindset 180 as Mindset 180, my name. That's my logo. Just if, if you have the truth, if you have true trust, you have to trust yourself and you have to trust the people who are going to help you get there. That's what happened to me. I trusted the people that that enough to get me to where I needed to get, to grow me, to teach me, to give me the knowledge. You know, I, I threw myself, you know, I threw myself in, in different arenas of, of, of fitness whether it was, you know, whether it was, you know, just, just personal training, functional uh, bodybuilding, CrossFit. I threw myself in these arenas and I learned a little bit about of everything and then took it upon myself. I trusted myself to keep going. You know, at at one point I, 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 well, I, I, I did three bodybuilding competitions. So yeah, like I went from 202 pounds. So that's where I'm like, I know if somebody gives themselves enough trust and faith, and we can help them get there. Anything is possible, whether that's doing a competition or you know, whether it's bodybuilding or whether it's a Spartan or a CrossFit or anything. Trust yourself because you can get there, whether it's opening up your own business, an ice cream shop, whatever you want. Um, I think once the self-confidence comes in, that self-development, that confidence, I think you're golden. I think you'll just keep going personally.
1: Tony, that was a mic drop of an answer. Way to close it out there. It's a good place to wrap <laughs> things up on this episode, but Thank before you. we sign out, you know, please if you have any social media, Facebook, website, please let the people know where they can find out more about you and the gym.
2: Um they can they can follow my um my Instagram page mindset180fitness. Actually, that's my my I'm sorry. That's my um my website mindset180fitness.com and then on Instagram and Facebook at mindset 180 fitness Mindset 180.fitness. And you can see yeah. all my videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution Thank to the you. podcast, Tony. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, just so you know how you sure. can get the podcast, I would appreciate it. I'm just going to sign of everybody else out over here, okay? Thank you. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in and join us to talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon.
0: You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams, and it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
3: What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I'll be your host today, and I'm here with Tim from T3O in Lombard, Illinois. What's up, Tim? How are you today?
4: Hi Brianna. I'm great. Thank you.
3: Awesome. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it.
4: Absolutely. Thank you for having
5: me.
3: Of course. All right. So let's jump into the details. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? What's the uh, backstory there?
4: Okay. Let's see Uh, how I got started. Um, uh, Like a lot of people, I think I kind of drifted into it without Mm -hmm. planning on it. Um, I was the guy that was always going to the gym and never really thought about doing that as a job, a career, a training, you know, all that kind of stuff. And because in my mind, I think I thought of trainers as people who were more like sport oriented and, you know, played a lot of team sports anyways. Um, I went through just about every sport, but I like Each sport, I would only last like a year. And then I would kind of grow bored of it. I'd look for something different. But the one thing that always stayed was the fitness part. Mm -hmm. So somewhere along the way, someone suggested it to me. They said, Well, why don't you get into the training aspect of things? And I never considered it. So I did. And then um, I went through the NPTI program. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that. It's like National Personal Training Institute. So it's Mm -hmm. a little more of a uh, we call it like a trade school, then going through a traditional college route, because I'm considerably more like a hands-on learner. So I thought that would be something to start with. And then I finished that, did the NASM CPT exam and all that stuff in 2013. So almost 10 years ago. And then I got my first job at like a local, you know, gym, which was export for us. they mostly in Illinois, but I think they actually have some out in Virginia and New York and other stuff, so worked there for five years, four years, five years, and then I started working independently, but out of someone else's gym for another two years, two, three years, and then while I was also doing that, I worked at another gym, which was like a UFC gym, running a lot of classes and large you know, group work. And then we hit COVID. And um, when all of that kind of shut down, a friend of mine said, why don't we just look for a small studio to operate out of where we can control the space and have, you know, literally one person in at a time and keep everyone healthy and safe and feeling comfortable. Mm -hmm. So we did that. And that was really small. I mean, like, Five 600 square foot small room in an office building and then I think about six months into that the owner of the building asked me if I wanted to move to a larger unit that was on the ground floor which was helpful but still not very big I think it was just under 900 square feet so we did that um and then he is still involved in fitness, but the guy I started it with, he lives more in the city. So it was kind of hard for him to come all the way out to a- the Montmartre area. Um, so I just kind of took over the space for myself. And then we did that. Well, I did that until literally last month. No, the end of July. We moved down the street to a whole different place. And now it's 2,700 square feet.
5: Okay.
4: And that's my big jump. And now it's actually more of a gym than a small personal training studio. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of been the progression. Um, So now I've been in that new place for almost exactly just over a month, five five weeks. And trying to build it up and see what I can do with it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so 2,700 square feet. Are you doing mostly personal training are you doing semi-private any groups what does that look like
4: yeah so I still offer the private stuff um but even over at the place I was in prior to this the semi-private options seemed to be much more attractive to most people
5: Mm -hmm.
4: so I kept it at three so that there was still plenty of space for people to work not feel crowded um, and then I can also still give them enough attention without them feeling like it was turning into a large group style workouts where it was just kind of cookie cutter, you know, because it was still personal training, but yes, in a semi private setting. So I did that. That has become probably 80% of my business. Okay. And I, like I said, I still have the private stuff. I have a few clients that do prefer it. Um, but mostly the semi So now that I have the space I just got a rig up with some uh, long like tight style bags because I've done like kickboxing and stuff for a while prior to so that's starting so that's like the new service that I've been able to bring back because I wasn't able to do it in a smaller space until just now
3: right got yeah. it okay So a couple of different offerings there. Most of the focus is on the semi-private. Yeah, 100%. Got it. And how many clients are you currently serving?
4: Uh, in the mid-20s as far as the training aspects of things go. And then I kind of have a small list of people who have always been telling me, you know, if I start doing classes, let me know. So those people are ready to jump in because i'm starting classes this upcoming weekend actually
3: got it okay all right so in a position now you've gotten this larger space been there for about a month now so looking to add to the membership and grow the facility at this point yeah absolutely yeah okay and so as far as getting the word out there about what it is that you do new services that you're offering how do you go about that? What does marketing, advertising look like for you?
4: So I've never actually had to pay for advertising, at least not yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had enough word of mouth to bring in—not I wouldn't say that like super frequently—but bring in enough that I never felt like it was necessary. <laughs> Plus, prior to just this past month, where I got the larger space. I kind of felt like I wasn't really fair of me to almost try and pull lots of new people in when the place was much smaller because I didn't want people to feel like I was trying to just cram them in and commit them just a number. You know, so I just focused on the quality and the service aspect mm-hmm. of it, which really I think at the end of the day is what you need to do because, you know, you can go out and you can do advertising and uh, you can do Facebook ads, and you can do Instagram ads and stuff, which I will probably have to do now that I have space, mm-hmm. but if you take care of your people, they'll recommend you, and that is always worth 10 times more than some random advertisement anyway, because people will trust the word of someone they know
5: far better than any
4: ad. Um, so... I, of course, you know, take clips and reels and things and put them on Instagram and Facebook and all that. When I have something new that I want to see if I can grab some people with, I'll pop something on there too. Uh, Like I did that for the class that's upcoming on this Saturday. You know, I'm just going to run one free class for anyone, like it was the first 10 people that messaged me about it, you know, for the kickboxing and stuff. And uh, it took about a day and a half me to have those 10 people all kind of slotted in
5: mm-hmm. so
4: you know i think if you just focus on the quality and actually kind of caring about taking care of your people advertising while necessary
5: at a certain point isn't something you're gonna need as much if that makes sense
3: yeah it's- i mean it does it does not it doesn't just because you can provide the best service in the world, but if people don't know that you're there, it doesn't matter,
4: right? I 100% believe that I need to start some advertising now. Mm -hmm. What I mean is you can advertise all day long, but if your service isn't there, people won't stay, and they won't recommend you. So that's, I don't
3: know. Right, right, which I think goes without saying, right? You don't wanna provide shitty service in any industry that you're in. but yeah I mean you have to make sure that the level of service is there especially when you talk about retention and actually keeping people you know because industry average is three to six months which is not a long time
4: I my average is at least a year maybe two I'd Mm -hmm. honestly say for most people so that's why I focus on it so much because I don't have to hunt down new people as much either Mm -hmm. so if I can keep them longer Makes my life easier. You know, they're staying longer. They're getting more results as a, resu- as a byproduct, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Because you obviously want all those people who are essentially walking billboards for
5: your service.
3: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. The only thing with word of mouth is that it's limited. Yeah. You know, it's a limited pool of people. And once you exhaust that, it's like, okay, what comes next, right? Perfect. The other thing is that it's not trackable, Therefore, if you can't track it, you can't grow it, right? It's not trackable, it's not reliable. So on a monthly basis, it's like one month you might get 10 new people coming in off a word of mouth. The next month you might get two and so on and so forth. Whereas when you have paid advertising in place, you can track it, right? You can target it properly. You can track it, you can see how many reactions you get, how many clicks, how many conversions, you know? So that's the nice piece about that. And you should, as a business owner, be able to feed the business with quality leads consistently. You know, at the drop of a hat, if you need to increase the amount of people walking in the door, you should know how to, right? And be able to do so at the drop of a hat. I'm a huge, huge fan of paid advertising for a thousand different reasons. Obviously it has to make sense. You know, you have to make sure you're getting a return on investment, which is easy to do if you're not offering a low barrier offer on the front end. You know, a lot of gym owners put a week free out there or two weeks free or, and then they're never profitable, you know, in acquisition. A lot of times people come in on a low barrier offer, they sign up, maybe they stay for three months, maybe six months, if you're lucky, and by the time they leave, you've never even paid for the cost of acquiring them, right? And that's what kind of keeps people in that situation of not really liking paid advertising. But you know, if you're in a situation where you're on the front end using a high ticket offer to get people in the doors, it solves a lot of those issues, you know, because then the person's coming in, and they're paying for themselves on day one, people who pay, pay attention, right? So chances are they're showing up to class, they're getting the results that they're looking for, and results are what make people stay, right? We just talked about that before. So it's like they're coming in, they're getting the results, they're getting into a routine, and then they stay. Right. Okay. So it's like if you can bring them in on a higher ticket offer and then convert them to a, a longer term membership, that's actually less expensive than what they came in on. They convert very well, whereas a lot of people within this industry t- try to do it the opposite way. Right. Bring them in on a free offer and then try to convert them into a higher monthly membership. And it just doesn't convert as well.
5: Yeah. No,
4: that's something I have had kind of in place, I guess you would say. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of from the go I I'll do you know like an intro session or a meet and greet and all that for mm-hmm. no cost but I don't start low and then try to go high yeah I, I will always advertise or promote you know the semi-private and private training at least initially because then I can make sure those people are learning and progressing and and then when they feel more comfortable say three to six months later maybe they go from the high ticket private to the semi-private because now they feel more comfortable and now they're like okay with being around a few other people with a little less attention Mm -hmm. and then now that I can actually offer classes the goal is to take the semi-private people and have them coming into two classes a week or something like that you know Mm -hmm. and then that's just it's just a small amount of money because class is only going to be like an extra $10. But if each person's doing two, that's 20 bucks a person each week, et cetera, et cetera. And then it starts to sort of stack that. So yeah, no, hundred percent. I, I would never start low or start with like a three, two week kind of thing because like exactly what you said, you don't want to start low and then try to ask for more money later. It doesn't mm-hmm. make, but I also just believe in kind of knowing, or at least believing in yourself and like believing what you're worth and if you sell yourself low, then to ask for money later, it's just really awkward.
3: Yeah, right. And there's a, from a consumer standpoint, perceived value is also a thing, right? Yeah. It's like if something's more expensive, then people see it as being more valuable. Yeah. And personal trainers and gym owners a lot of the time have a hard time putting a price tag on the services that they provide a lot of the time because you're not your ideal client or you're not your ideal customer, right? It's like typically personal trainers and gym owners are people who have been involved in fitness their entire lives, right? And it's not something that they necessarily need help in or direction in. And it's hard to kind of separate that from really your ideal client is somebody that has no idea what to do in the gym, right? Has no idea how they should be fueling their body, needs help, needs direction, needs accountability in the gym. And they're going to be willing to pay more for that than you would because that's not something that you need.
4: Well, I I was 100% that person when I first started, you know, being in the gym and trying to ask people for money or, or whatever, you know, I was always kind of handing that off to the sales team or the fitness director that I would always work with and that kind of stuff. Right. And it was always, Let me just do my job and you take care of the sales. And I wasn't comfortable with it at first, which, you know, like anything, if you haven't done it, there's a comfortability factor. You learn, you kind of get used to it. Um, But, you know, I've been into this for, like I said, about almost 10 years. And I just kind of feel like I know what I'm worth now. I know the service I can provide. I know the amount of time I've put into this. And you have to know that so that you can not only that you know like you said that the, the value is higher and when someone sees that the price is higher they automatically kind of associate it as something of a higher quality. but um, if I believe it then it come and I'm more confident they're more likely to pick up on that if yes. I Around all shaky about it, they'll have some kind of subconscious like, oh, this guy's not so sure of himself. And that's just not going to help.
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, any type of sale is a transference of belief, right? And it's like, if you don't believe in the services that you're providing, and you don't believe in the value that you provide, it's going to be really hard for you to sell anything, really.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when I finally got that kind of flipped in my head and I believed in what I was selling and, or believed in myself enough to know that what I was selling was of high quality, it didn't feel awkward anymore. Mm-hmm. And if you really do believe that there is quality there and that you're going to be able to help people, you're not going to feel like you're just trying to sell these people on something that's not even real or tangible. hmm you know, it's not, I'm not selling a fantasy. Right. Do the things I tell you to do and you, you put the work in, you're going to get what you want.
3: Mm-hmm. 100%. Absolutely. So now where are you directing most of your time and attention within the business right now?
4: Uh, so since I just had that move, this past month has just been make sure everything kind of gets back to being like the well-oiled machine, you know, mm-hmm. Make sure that uh, I'm in there with the people, and they're enjoying the new space as much as possible, and getting everything situated because I'm trying to bring in the occasional new piece of equipment. Um, you know, I just got a little power squat station yesterday, so I've got to situate that. Um, there's a so I'm I'm about done with the equipment I'd like to have for now so that you know the customers have more options and we can train with even better results. Um, so given that this past month has just been, I would say almost a little bit of a learning curve given that the space is three times the size.
5: Right. Um,
4: and then now it's the classes. I really wanna get classes hammered down and because that is a, an entirely new offering, Now I really feel the need to start doing more of what you had been talking about five minutes ago with the advertising, making sure that my reach goes farther because training wise, word of mouth is really helpful, but people in general, I think in my experience really love just kind of like class environments where they can have good time, be around people that they're friendly with, you know, come in get a great workout, make sure they're being led and instructed, and then also feel like they have kind of a sense of belonging, the whole community aspect, etc. So um, the advertising for classes and probably some almost like just gym events where I just want to bring people in, maybe have like a catered day, you know, create more of a sense of like I said, the community aspect, um, and create more of a culture, I guess would be the word.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, adding in these classes is a great opportunity to start implementing some of the paid advertising and start implementing maybe the higher ticket front end offer. And, um, are they are they you said kickboxing classes right there you're going to be starting
5: yeah
3: Yeah. so i actually used to have a kickboxing facility and that is what i did was a high ticket front end offer to fill Uh the classes right right um and it worked really 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 well so Uh that's the perfect it's the perfect opportunity and you're right you know people come in and those group classes are a lot of fun Right. right. People have a really good time in there. There's a lot of energy. Um, it's a place that people want to be, you know, so that's a, a great opportunity to start doing those things, building the community, taking it to the next level, you know, and that the community aspect kind of happens on its own.
4: Yeah. That's my hope is that it kind of has this organic process of, you know, if I use the advertising to create more call it leads and whatever for the classes. And that is a significantly higher number of people. It's not like you know, anywhere from say 10 to 16 per class, as opposed to three. And then all of those people are, you know, posting about it on their social medias and
5: exactly
4: asking them to bring their family and their friends and they can try it. And then we can expand that. And um just really going from there is is what I'm hoping to use to expand the most, at least for the rest of this year. Mm -hmm. And then like you said, like using even a higher ticket offering with the classes because I decided, you know, I want to set it up as packages of X number to use within X timeframe so that there is a little bit of pressure to use it or you'll lose it, which also makes people show up, which also means they get results. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I will have like a drop in rate for classes, but of course that will be a little bit higher per Mm -hmm. class. And, you know, incentivizes the whole package route and there you go.
6: Yeah,
3: right. And um, that, being that the classes are a new offering, so people are not afraid to spend money. A lot of times they're just afraid to commit to something that they're unsure of, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like, if we can bring them in for a shorter period of time, on the front end, for a higher ticket, get them results, allow them to see the value of being a part of the gym, become a part of the community, get them into a routine. That is like the golden ticket for building the perfect member, Right. you know, because then at that point, it's like, okay, well, now you've seen what it's like, you've seen the results, you've become a part of the community. And it's like, Okay, why wouldn't you stick around, right? Well, it provides
4: yes. you... you. You create a fun atmosphere where people really actually enjoy being there instead of it being uh, another you know, kind of faceless key tag in these 20 right. plus thousand square foot facilities where people don't know you very well and you just kind of float around and you're not really part of something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's with the classes and the larger group scale if I could create that is, is the goal. Like, like right. I said, the culture of a place where people first and foremost, enjoy being there. Cause if you exactly. enjoy it, you'll keep doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, as I've, I've told, I don't know about every client I've ever had, like there's no perfect way to work out and train. You have to find methods that you actually enjoy, or you right. won't keep doing it. Like it might be the greatest method in the world to get you from one point to another, but if you hate doing it you're not going to do it long enough to get somewhere
5: Mm
4: -hmm. and you'll change things all over again and kind of fall off and, you know, all that. So I try to give people as many options as possible in terms of how they can structure their weeks and how much time do they need to put in strength work or cardio or, you know, all those elements. And there's no, I don't think there's any one perfect blend, I think, but I do think if whatever you are doing, you have to enjoy it to some extent. Yeah you just loathe the idea and every day you're like, oh, I don't want to go do that. At some point, willpower runs out.
5: Mm
4: You will just start finding ways to excuse yourself from doing it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we want to create a fun, but also effective place to be.
3: Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So now if you could snap your fingers and improve one thing within the business right now, today, what would that be? What is top of mind for you as far as making improvements within the business?
4: Do you mean on or like inside the walls itself? Cause I would say advertising because that's just something I have probably the least experience with. So mm-hmm. it's what I'm trying to learn about the most right now.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Yeah on on the business more so yeah so yeah i mean that's a huge needle mover oh yeah within within the business you know especially now if if you've got 2700 square feet how much of that is usable space
4: uh so it's almost all usable it is one large open space except for two bathrooms, a utility closet where I keep all the cleaning things and one, two, two smaller additional closets for just like storage and things like that on the very far back wall. But apart from that, it's basically just a big square. Okay. It's almost an entirely open space. Um, Previously, it had actually been used as a gym. And I think before that, it was like a dog training facility or something like that. So they needed open space. Um, And I think the only reason that the people who were in there prior to me ever left was because their entire business was pretty much group fitness and just, you know, circuit work and large group classes. They didn't do training because I'd had a couple of conversations with them. Um, They had no training aspects to their business, no one-on-ones, no anything like that. So for them, COVID really threw them because, you know, if your whole business is large group and you can't do that, you kind of don't have a business all of a sudden. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I went through that with large group and yeah, it's hard to function as at 25% capacity, you know, when you need at least 50% capacity to keep the doors open, you
4: know? Um, you the money to keep the lease. And yeah, exactly.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: In a weird way, COVID almost, I don't want to say helped me, but kind of, because mm-hmm. when everyone had nowhere to go and gyms were shut down, I had this small training facility, a mm-hmm. studio, where one person would come in. And like I said, eventually it was three, but one to three people at a time. And they didn't really have other options.
5: Mm -hmm.
4: and it was just a great you know for them the physical part was obviously great but the mental part was just as great because they could get out of their house go somewhere else talk to somebody else Mm -hmm. just that whole aspect um so I tried my absolute best to capitalize on that yeah you know now that things are kind of back to I don't say normal but obviously more so yeah it's time to really try and expand
3: Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I mean I talk to gym owners all day every day and the amount of people that opened gyms either because of COVID or during COVID is pretty crazy you know there's a lot of gyms that were born because of COVID
5: Mm -hmm.
3: so everybody always talks about the the negative side about 40% of gyms did close which obviously is very unfortunate but there were also on the flip side a lot of businesses that were born because of it.
4: Yeah. um, I remember talking to all my clients, you know, at the time and putting things on social media and saying, look, you know, was it terrible? Absolutely. But you would, none of us are ever going to have that much time, kind of, so to speak, on your hands ever again. You have the time to do and work on almost anything you wanted within your own life Mm
5: -hmm.
4: to to what extent obviously the work aspect was terrible for a lot of people I mean there's any number of things that were just awful Mm -hmm. but how you look at things will determine how you come out of things so Mm -hmm. you can look at it and go it's all terrible and it will be or you can look at it and say you know what maybe there's opportunity here for me to work on something that I wanted to work on and I just couldn't do it before Right. And that was the route I took and this is where I am.
3: Right. Yeah, absolutely. It was a huge opportunity for a lot of people and a lot of people took advantage of it and now they have businesses because of it. So not all bad.
4: No, not all bad.
3: (laughs) All right. So uh, as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media?
4: Uh, Social media is mostly Instagram. It's T3O underscore or official underscore t3o uh and then facebook i've linked but it mostly comes up as still as my name so it's the tim olson just my actual name Um, i don't have a what do you call it a twitter i do i'm sorry and i did make a tiktok but i can never use it so i i use instagram a lot but i don't use a lot of other platforms i'm working on a website um i'm getting it settled so i have uh I decided that was one of those things that wasn't something I wanted to spend just ungodly amounts of time creating. So I'm paying for someone to help me create uh-huh. so I make sure it's actually professional looking and not taking up my entire day so that I can actually keep working in the business. And
5: there
4: you go. Because I just think that there are certain things that at this day and age farming that job out to yes. certain people who have expertise that you're never going to have is just a hundred percent worth it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, yeah, mostly Instagram working on a website. Yeah.
3: Perfect. All right. Awesome. So Tim from T3O in Lombard, Illinois. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. It's been great having you on the show.
4: Thank you, Brianna. I really appreciate it.
3: Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim lords out.
0: Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
6: Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Donald from Define Fitness out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Welcome to the show. How are you today?
7: I'm good, Brooke. How are you doing?
6: I'm good, excited to have you here and to learn about what you have going on over at your fitness business before we really dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on. Um, I would love for you to kind of just give us a brief backstory here. What was it that made you decide to open up to find fitness?
7: Um, I actually used to work um, for a guy at uh, his facility, pretty much older guy, he you know, showed me the ropes um pretty much the 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 business side of everything all logistics anything dealing with numbers um just to make sure that you know I don't have any fumbles or I don't you know do anything um that could possibly like you know uh come back on me financially that you know um but he, he pretty much like gave me an opportunity to do what I wanted to do my way and it was very successful and um you know he was sad to see me leave but you know he knew that I was I was eventually going to, you know, end up doing my own thing anyway. And that's what started me uh, getting my own, well, my first gym. And that was in 2017.
6: Okay. And so since then, you have had Define Fitness or did you have another gym beforehand?
7: Um, I had Bayou Aesthetics. That's um, like Define Fitness started me off, um, but I switched up to Bayou Aesthetics. I kept the name Define Fitness, but I just switched up the gym names to, uh, to Bayou Aesthetics. Uh, just felt like, you know, more commercial. It just sounded a little bit more commercial. And then, you know, I was looking at branching out, putting locations in different places. So it worked out pretty good for me.
6: Okay, cool. Um, So kind of give us your elevator pitch of Define Fitness, who you are, what services you have to provide, kind of paint a picture for our listener here of who you are now.
7: Um, Define Fitness is exactly what you guys think it is. Um, it's just the play on the words, um, defining physical fitness. And, you know, somebody was just like, why would you choose it? I said, because at the end of the day, when you define something, you have to break it down. And that's what I do to not just your body, but to your mental state, you know, your physical state, just your overall wellness, well-being. And, you know, that's how we came up with the name, you know, Define Fitness. But um, this just a little bit, it was um, it was more directed towards athletic training. Okay, um, that's actually my background. I'm a sports performance nutritionist and I'm CSC certified, you know, on a collegiate level as well. Um, so once I you know started with my athletes more um that's when I started like you know allowing personal training clients to come in and uh from there went to doing just things like flexibility training uh just certain like mental exercises um even classes I even started doing classes off of it because like so many of my parents are those kids that's what just made me just start focusing on them as well so, I guess you could say it was a great thing, you know, because I literally just capitalized on what I had in front of me instead of me trying to go out and create a market. I literally just asked the payers, Hey, why are you here? You may as well do something yourself. And it just worked for me like that.
6: Yeah. So right now as the business currently stands, is it one-on-one? Is it group? Is it semi-private? Like if I was a client interested in joining, what services would you provide? Like what services could you offer me?
7: Right now I'm one-on-one and the only style I'm doing right now is boxing style. Um, everybody has been pretty much uh, adamant trying to get with me with that, like nonstop trying to get in touch with me for the boxing training. Cause everybody loves the style, the way I do it. Um, but that's the one style of training that I tell anybody, as long as we can incorporate boxing and you're okay with that, trust me, you're probably going to feel, I know you're going to feel better than you ever felt before, but you're definitely going to get all of the results that you that you probably even dreamed that you didn't think of having. Um, those are the results I've been having, like, you know, mixing boxing with traditional training, a couple of CrossFit moves here and there, a lot of conditioning, but it works, like, it really works, and people love it.
6: Okay, so you're training clients one-on-one, and then what does your facility look like? How many square feet is your facility?
7: I actually got out of the facility. Um, I, only do, um, I only do pop-ups now. So pretty much on um, the way I do my programs, I have a flat rate, um, which is seven fifty, And, you know, I come out to you only three times a month. So pretty much is either three Mondays or three Fridays. And on top of that, we have, that's our part of my 10, uh, my 12 week program, which also goes with uh, 12 check-ins. And the check-ins are the same. Either we're going to check in Monday morning uh, for 12 weeks. or you'll be going to check in Friday morning. Um, your nutrition plan also comes with that very, very detailed, like to a T because I don't like putting people on diets, Uh, long term just to jumpstart you to get you in a rhythm to see how and what you should be doing Um, but you know for me I I love to teach people how to eat for the lifestyle that they want so that they're not you know trying to go somewhere every time you look at them it's like oh I can't eat that I can't eat that because now you're taking the enjoyment out of your life and I don't want anybody to take the enjoyment out of their life you know um so the, you know that's one thing that they uh that they love the fact that I'm so hands-on with the nutrition because to me I can get anybody to do anything in the gym I mean there's no secret but I'm pretty sure any trainer would say that nutrition is the hardest thing to get people to understand especially when they're setting their own ways so um you just have to be patient with them and um other than that though like that's my main thing that that people want like is you'll be surprised at how many people are paid between five hundred and seven hundred and fifty and 750 bucks just to make sure that they have somebody that's that knowledgeable and that they don't have to worry about coming to see over and over again. Cause once you're one of my clients, I tell you up front, I don't want you to come back. Like, you know, once we once we graduate to to you to a new level, to a new you, yeah. If you need to tune up here and there, yeah, I can send you something, but as far as like training-wise, no. Um, you know, maintenance programs are the way for me to go. So once I get your body to where it's supposed to be, that's when I start selling all of my maintenance programs, which like you say, is less work, less stressful. You know, I'm not always having to go uh, find a client, meet clients. Um, You know, you just do your check-ins with me uh, online, send your pictures in and boom, you know, we can go from there.
6: Okay. So, wow. Kind of, you touched on a lot there. So let's (laughs) go back a little bit. So you don't have a physical location right now. You're kind of traveling Pop-ups stuff. Yeah, I'm
7: 100 percent mobile. Yeah.
6: Okay, so what made you decide to get out of the brick and mortar? Like, why did you make that transition?
7: Um. Well, like I said, when they after the second wave, um, like yeah, I want to say it was like the spring of 2021, something like that. Uh, when they did like another wave, saying that oh, it's a possibility we're gonna go back in, and I was just like, man, I just fought so hard to like keep my clients coming um they already know i'm a germaphobe so it will it it wasn't even on their mind like you know how i was going to claim my facility anything like that but that second time it made a lot of people just be like you know what i don't want to keep dealing with having to go back and forth around people so that's what made me started doing um mobile training You know, like i tried it with one person clearly they had way more success than they would at the gym because like i said you have me uh more hands-on and um, if you take advantage of what you're supposed to, when I'm there, you listen to everything that I'm saying, of course, you're going to have great results. You're going to supersede all your expectations, but if not, you know, that's when we had a problem.
6: Okay. So you, being that you are hundred percent mobile, how many clients do you have right now?
7: Right now, I just have six.
6: Okay. You have six clients mm-hmm. and, um, with those six clients, um, you know, how, like, how busy are you on a day to day?
7: Believe it or not, Brooke, it's actually pretty easy. Um, Another thing that changed everything was I had another kid, uh, like right during the pandemic. So that changed my mind from how I did business uh, from, from 2016 to 20 a uh, whole lot because it had me wanting to stay at home more. uh, wanted to help out my wife more, like trying to figure out ways to, to not have things so stressful on her. Um, of course, I had to cut down on traveling because I also uh, was still doing that. Um, I trained a lot of um, NFL clients as well. And, um, you know, they send me out, you know, come meet them in whatever state they're in. And it was kind of like, you know, it was kind of getting stressful, it was not just on on my body, but, you know, my mind is trying to figure out how I'm going to boggle, you know, how I'm going to handle all these different things together. Um, so with me doing that, it put me in a place to work smarter but not as hard. And by that, it's not like I was slacking or trying to pull back a little bit. It was just that I had my hands tied on to everything. Like, you know, I was doing literally anything and everything under the sun for your business that you're supposed to be doing. Um, I was doing it. And it wasn't that I couldn't find the help. It was just that my help was uh, was was lazy all the time. And by that, I mean, they were rely so much solely on me uh, just doing everything at a certain rate and just getting it done. Like, just like it's nothing. You know, it they, they would be to the point to, hey, why didn't you do such and such? Oh, I thought you was going to come back behind me and do it. So, you know, that it, it, it cut out the hassle of that pretty much paying for help that's not helping. So that was a, another saver, like in my pocket. Yeah. But um, My was, question
6: was, to you would be like, you know, being that you are mobile with just you, it's not a very scalable model because there's only like 12 hours in a day that we can drive around and train people. Um, and so how do you for how do you foresee the business evolving and scaling over time?
7: Um, with me it's, it's it's easily doing it now. Um, just from like you know my short trailers that I put on social media because everything now where we're filming uh, from a different perspective, like you know the sessions, the like the realness of the people like actually in their homes, on the workplace. So people can really see, um, like, you know, what so they can really see nothing about excuses, point blank, period. Like, you know, we don't care about excuses. You only hear excuses because someone always has it harder. Someone has this to do, has that to do. So, you know, it's, it's, it's prioritizing that time for them to understand what I'm doing and making the sacrifices. That's why they don't mind paying the rate that I charge. And honestly, that's why I can be comfortable with, you know, with six clients right now at the time. I say I'm a max at eight. Um, because I really don't need that many when you look at the fact that you know I'm doing 750 per client and I'm not seeing everybody every day. Uh, you know I'm only seeing you three times a month. So you know it's pretty easy on my on my schedule for me to just have either a Monday or a Friday three times out of the week to where that's all I do that day, just that one day. and um, you know to match it up um, to have the numbers like line up the way they do, that just really comes from just my experience. And, you know, just my knowledge of, of doing what I'm doing, because I would never tell anybody, you know, to, to start off, you know, a, about, you know, around seven, eight hundred bucks. And, you know, you're not pitching, you know, quality to people. You're just giving them something that they are just getting the gym. Um, that's not going to make anybody feel like they're special or you're special alone. So, um, so you know, when I'm with my people, it's like, isn't there's no phones? Uh, I don't like no interruptions, no one around um, unless they have like someone else that they want to be around. Um, but it's, it's, I take it very, very seriously. So the clients can understand that I'm a hundred percent here for you. And once the client realizes that it just goes word of mouth. And, um, I've always been a word of mouth trainer. I've never had to take the route like a lot of trainers do or businesses do with using social media blasts or social media posts, because yeah, I've done it. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna tell everybody, all that stuff looks the same. Like, no matter who's looking at you, trying to find a trainer they get on social media. Everybody's doing the same thing. So, you know, like you have to separate yourself and make it special for you and your client and find the one thing that you can do that no one else can really do as good as you.
6: Yeah. I mean, I would honestly kind of beg to differ and say that like 95% of trainers in this business, like they are doing everything word of mouth. That's how they're growing their business. But the reason why word of mouth isn't great is because it's not predictable. You and I both know that there's months in this business where we get a lot of word of mouth and there's months in this business where it's kind of slow Um, and people utilize social media to create word of mouth. And that stuff does look the same, right? When they're posting organically on their page and people aren't creative with it, it's going to look the same. You have to figure out what you can show off that makes you different. Um, but with eight clients right now or six, I think you said six clients, max of eight. Um, you know, like, do you foresee the business always staying there between six and eight or like, would you like to figure out a way to grow and evolve more?
7: Um, I already have. Um, it, it won't be it won't be me anymore. It won't be a physical building. I, I'm gonna stay digital. Um, I tell everybody, I'm not going back to a building. I'm not going back to a gym. Um, the format I have now, um, and we just implemented this format. I haven't, I just started back training like a month ago. Like to be honest with you, I didn't train at all, probably for about a good seven or eight months. Um, just trying to like figure out so many things. Uh, and it wasn't trying to figure out if I did anything wrong or not. It was just pretty much, you know, trying to navigate um, through the way, like, you know, the world's just been going, like finding other avenues that's going to pretty much have me financially stable outside of training. So, you know, that's what I did. I opened up three, three different businesses that are non-fitness related. And, you know, with me being able to run three businesses, have employees don't have to worry about being there and I can still do my training like I want to and still be around my family. I mean, I can't actually anymore from that point.
6: Okay so really for you it just looked like kind of evolving into other industries to kind of um, grow and like support the family that way and the training side is something that you just enjoy doing kind of on the side.
7: Um, no I wouldn't say on the side um, because it still it still holds a lot like I say I've, I would never stop designing workouts because that will always be uh, um, a, a very, you know, let me say hefty pay for me because I'm dealing with so many different coaches on a high school level, on a collegiate level at division one to division three. So, you know, that, that'll never stop. That's a constant thing. Um, I just have decided to like push a little bit back more from me being in the gym physically so much, um, only because of the, of the stress on my body. Like, you know, I can't, I can I can pace myself for so long, but at the end of the day, like, you know, I got tired of like feeling like I got hit by a truck at least like, you know, two or three times a week from either demonstrating so many exercises or like, you know, even doing the boxing workouts with some of my people. Um, As long as I'm boxing, believe it or not, I'm fine. Like I have no problems or anything like that. But once I start incorporating a lot of the traditional movements or some of these complex movements with some of my clients sometimes it does take a toll on me because like I said you know that's all I'm doing for that entire day so you can kind of say I'm working out three times three times a month eight hours a day mm-hmm. so like those so that's, that's why I'd like just choose the way to do it the way I do it
6: yep um so my next question that I kind of was thinking that oh. it would be good to ask here is you know what is you could have, um, a second, take a look at your business. What would you consider to be like the most challenging, the or the most challenging part of owning a fitness business or the biggest bottleneck, um, within your fitness business?
7: Um, getting the right help.
6: Okay. And kind of, can you dive in a little bit deeper into like what that's looked like for you? Uh,
7: well, for me, um, I started out. Um, I started out too fast. And by that, I mean, I hired too many people too fast. Granted, I had every position that they were supposed to have, but the people weren't ready for those positions. Um, if I would have done it for myself for maybe a year, or six months, let's say beforehand and then, you know, put somebody in that position, it would have been a lot more easier uh, on them, a lot less stressful on me. And I don't think I probably would have had to, to, to double back behind somebody and check out everything that they were doing. Um, so I will tell anybody if if you are looking to open a gym make sure you pay attention to everything that you need to help you grow first before you just jump in there and then feel like okay now let me see what I need to grow because then you're gonna start doing everything backwards
6: okay that's a good point there Um, I feel like for me like the the hardest part too was just finding people that fit what I was looking for you know like the right personalities people that were that wanted to hustle um because in this industry like you're gonna have people that have always kind of had the things handed to them and then you have people that want to hustle and want to like work with you to create something really awesome and that was definitely a challenge um now if you could kind of Share some advice that somebody told you early on when you started in the fitness industry um, with somebody who just started in the fitness industry today. What would you have to share with them?
7: Um, don't take anything personal. Like don't take anything personal and uh, allow yourself to be criticized at all times because you know, I, I, there's a lot of trainers out there. I'm pretty sure you've seen it like you know, the minute someone says something about what they're doing, even if they're right, you know, and they comment on the page, I've seen these trainers just attack people going to defense mode because they're not used to constructive criticism. And in this game, it changes yearly. Like it just does. That's just the way it is. And if you're not trying to educate yourself, you know, on the changes that's being made or the new things that are being implemented, then, you know, don't, don't, um, don't be the type of person to either cower up or, you know, be so defensive if someone tries to show you something to make what you're doing better.
6: Okay. So just kind of t- don't take things to heart that people yeah, say never
7: about. don't be sensitive. Don't be sensitive okay. at all.
6: Yeah, it's just to make you better, um, your business better. Um, and everything else. What's the Instagram, the Facebook, where can our listeners go to follow you online?
7: Um, Instagram at 24 fit DG. Um, Facebook at Donald Green, Jr
6: easy enough to find you. Donald, thanks for being here today, for talking to us about your mobile training business. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, please hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and we'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lords out.